Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudvay, are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 173. I am your host, Blaine Pudvang. I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good morning. And Treg Wilson. Good morning. What a wonderful weekend it is. Not much going on. It's pretty good. It's been pretty dead in the Habs news. Yeah, nothing. Nothing's happened whatsoever. Boring. It's not like the captain has been rumored to have his career end or anything like that. That was rumored in 2020 by, uh, 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 what's his face there? Kiprios. Kiprios. Yeah. He was a man ahead of his time. He was actually. (laughs) (laughs) If you, if you tweet something once every year for 10 years, eventually it could happen. (laughs) That's basically where we're at. Um, all right. So, well, Yeah. So let's just jump into this. Um, This episode is the Shea Weber episode. As everybody may or may not be aware of, Shea Weber played hurt the entire playoffs. And there is a laundry list of injuries. The the biggest one recently is his hand injury that everybody knew about uh, needing uh, surgery. So he's going to be receiving surgery on his hand. Uh, it's going to take a while to recover. He also has ankle, foot, hip, God, whatever else injuries. Uh, there's a laundry list. And um, the Canadians are going to put him on long-term injury reserve, according to Renaud Lavoie of TVA, who I'm going. Uh, he's usually correct on stuff like this. The Canadians, when they don't want to release something publicly themselves – they normally trust someone like Renault to release the information. So I, am, I, I trust that information to be correct because in the past it has been. 
So with Weber hurt out for a year, maybe looking at retirement, this is the, uh, the episode that we're going to kind of delve into that. So Matt, we're going to start with you. Give us your point of view on why other NHL teams are so butthurt that Shea Weber might go on long-term injury and they're going to, they're going to fight him. Well, you look at the, you look at Shea Weber and we knew that he had that hand injury and he, he came out there and he played like a warrior during the playoffs. Like during the 22 games that we, that uh, we saw him play, he, he was out there, he was throwing hits. Obviously he wasn't putting up the big points or anything like that because of the injury. He wasn't shooting as much. Um, but you know, he averaged over 25 minutes a game and he was, he was everything you want to see in a captain. Um, and when it comes to this injury, it was uh, kind of blindsided me a little bit, and I'm sure it blindsided every fan. Um, but when it comes to why people are butthurt about this, is some people think that they're trying to go around the cap. Some people are trying to think that they're going to put him on long-term injured reserve and then try to eat that money and do the whole Kucherov thing and all that kind of stuff, which nobody ever does. Ever. Yeah. Right. Well, they're, that's not what they're trying to do. Um, if it happens that this uh, hand injury, the knee injury, the ankle injury, et cetera, those pile up to this guy getting pushed into retirement. Um, a lot of people are more butthurt over the fact that, it's not going to cost the Canadians money. It's going to, well, it's going to cost about 500 K it's going to cost Nashville money for the recapture penalty based on the contract that they signed way back when. Yeah. And we're going to get into the recapture, <clears throat> the recapture stuff here in a little bit. We're going to just stay on uh, the injuries for now. Um, I, I just don't think that, I just don't think people should be uh, like, this isn't a guy that fakes injuries. This isn't a, this isn't a, this is a guy that has played through, well, we saw it during the playoffs and we saw it the last time he busted his ankle up and played most of a season with that injury. And then all of a sudden they just got to the point where they needed to shut him down. Canadians weren't going very far anyway. And they, they ended up shut, shutting him down because of it. Um, I don't know why all the social media hate is out there for Weber and on the Canadians right now regarding the situation. I know there's obviously trolls out there and everything, but as I said, like Weber's not a guy that's going to go out and fake injuries and the organization isn't going to just try to say, Oh yeah, he's got this and, and, and try to use this money. It, it, it's really seeming like it's a, um, it's, it's a scary situation. This is, this is this guy's livelihood. This is his career. Um, and as I said, it could push him right into a retirement situation. Well, earlier in the season, the, uh, the press were all over Mark Bergevin when he was talking about the, you know, um, he had a little, a couple of press conferences and they kept asking him, well, Weber seems to be playing hurt. Why don't you sit him? Why isn't he resting? And to that, Bergevin responded, you tell him that he can't play. Good luck. Yeah. Like that's the kind of player that he is. If there's any chance that he can play any, he will. And good luck stopping him. Because and with how, like, and like with how he played during the playoffs and the minutes that he that he um, that he ate up, I wonder what he would have looked like if he would have been at health. Oh, yeah, it would have been impressive. It, had he had he been even eighty uh, percent? Well, 
it, it could have been a completely different series. Yeah. <clears throat> what about you, uh, Treg? I think it. <clears throat> I know there's a lot of team. Well, the rumor from Elliot Freeman on his 31 Thoughts was there's some teams that are crawling, calling bullshit on the Weber injuries. Now, I'm going to take that little statement with a grain of salt because Mark Bergevin is a pretty respected GM in the NHL. Like you may, some people may think he's not, but he's pretty respected by other GMs in the NHL. Shea Weber, like you said, isn't the type of player to say, oh, I have injuries. Um, If that was the case, then he would have sat out most of the season with his injuries. He wouldn't have played. He wouldn't have said, I, if I can play Weber's type of player, if I can play 56 to 60%, I'm good to go. And I'm going to play like you pretty much have the doctor pretty much has to go to Weber and say, you are not playing. And that's final. And even then I think it's an argument, but. Uh, yeah, it's a blow dart situation. You hit him with a blow dart to knock him out. Yeah. That's, that's basically what you'd have to yeah. do. So it gives you, it gives me thought to believe just by the way the players reacted to Weber when the series was over, um, they all kind of came over to him and, and consoled him and almost like, you know, this could have been your last chance to get to the final and we're sorry we didn't uh, win it for you. Um, but I'm going to throw this spin on it. It's all speculative right now of how long Weber's going to be out and, and uh, whether it's retirement worthy or not. I mean, all we have is, is A, he's either going to miss a full year due to surgeries and maybe they piled up enough to retire. So without putting the cart before the horse, um, let's just wait and see what the actual news is because he went to see the doctor, I believe, yesterday for the day second before. opinion or the day before. And Montreal has not announced it when they're, and they're not going to before the expansion draft. Anyway, they're not going to come out and say, but they will have to have something today. Um, so we know who's protected, who's not, and whether or not uh, Weber's going to be on the LTIR because that'll affect whether or not, I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but that'll affect whether or not he's protect can be protected or not. Well, uh, he's not going to be placed on the LTIR until the season begins. So until then he's just going to, sit there uh but pierre lebron has already put out that the canadians will not be protecting shea weber in the expansion draft and this is where that whole other gms are crying bullshit they think it's some kind of uh, the word is according to elliot friedman on his 31 thoughts podcast is that the canadians are doing this to circumvent some of the rules around the expansion draft. And to that, I say, if he's unprotected and you don't believe them, call them on their bluff, fucking pick him. You think he's, if you think they're circumventing, pick him. go ahead. And that, and that's what I say. I don't, <clears throat> I'd like to know what GMs are saying that. And if they're really kind of saying that, like probably Julian Breesbo. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying Elliot Freeman's a liar. Like, I don't think he's a liar. No, no, but... no. He is. When he puts out something, you, he's it's double sourced. And... Yeah. But then again, I got to think. I just don't see GM saying that, knowing the reputation of Weber and and Bergevin. I just don't I, see. I could why... see a couple GMs being 
being a little bit skeptical Leary. and even skeptical. saying shit like that because they're pissed off. I can totally see it. And that's fine. Like, I, I agree with you. If you think he's not hurt or you think he's going to play, draft him, pick him, take him, go ahead. You know, we yeah. still save the money on, you know, it, it's, it's really a no loss situation for the Canadians, except we lose Weber in the dressing room, of course. But uh, <clears throat> other than that, money-wise, it's no loss situation. Yeah. So, and the LTIR thing, they have to wait until the season begins before he can go on it officially. And the, uh, the league is going to review this more strictly than others. I mean, Luongo's cap, uh, because of Luongo's cap recapture, before he retired, he tried to retire early. They, they did a full investigation. So if there is a retirement situation with Weber, they will walk through it because there are cap recapture, uh, uh, rules that come into place now um we've kind of i don't know do you guys want to jump into the cap recapture now or do you have more might to as say? well we already talked about it you might as well okay so with the cap recapture uh treg you did something for hockey writers you broke it down a little bit so <clears throat> with the with the cap recapture which actually kind of changed a bit since it first came out in the last cba uh so if he's forced to retire he would be retiring on the 2021 season or sorry, the 21, 22 season. So the recapture penalty to Nashville is going to be $4.9 million for the next five years for the remainder of his contract. So that means that's a cap hit of 4.9 million. That's going to affect the Nashville Predators. That's a, that's a player. That's at least one good third line player uh, that really they're paying nothing for Montreal. I think it's five hundred and eighty-four thousand dollars or something like that. Matt, you had the number. You you yeah. look, you looked at that, didn't you? Yeah, I would say it's four point nine for Nashville, and I believe yeah. it's like five hundred, just like five hundred and forty thousand, five hundred fifty thousand, something yeah. like that for, and, and for Montreal. That, yeah, and that's for only one year. Montreal only has to pay that for the one year, I believe. I don't think they have to. No, pay it's, it for the whole, it's for Is the whole. Is it for the five? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, what that entails is that. Uh, if you really think about the recapture penalty now with the new CBA, when they extended the CBA, they changed the recapture because if Weber were to stay on and you got to remember Weber still has money owed to him. So Weber could sit there and say, I'm not retiring, but you can put me on LTIR for the next five years. Right. Cause Weber still has, mind you, it goes six, three, one, 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 I believe. Yeah. Six million, yeah. three million, one, one, one. Um, but he still got 6 million owed to him next year and then 3 million. And then, so he could wait essentially till 23, 24 when he gets, or sorry, uh, 24, 25, when he gets down to those $1 million. Oh no, 23, 24, cause it's three. And then the cap recapture for Nashville is $8 million, $8.1 million per season. Now, because of the big heavy hit, and this really comes into play if he retires at 25, 26, because it's 24.5 million per seat. Well, for the one season. Uh, is now with the new rules is the predators are allowed to take those bigger ones and stretch them over four or five years after Weber's retired. So it'll take that 8 million say, all right, he has three years left at, I don't really have the numbers to say how much per year, but you're still going to owe say 2 million per year for the next five years, but then you're paying for Weber long after he's his contract's over. If he stays on the uh, long-term injury reserve for the entirety of the contract, there will be no cap. There, there will be no penalty. No, 
there will be no penalty. And if he stays on LTR with Montreal, Montreal can get the 7.8 million relief every year for Weber. Yeah. If they trade him to Nashville, which Nashville I was going to bring will... that up. I was going to okay. bring that up. So <laughs> if they, tra- Oh, go ahead. So just to, just to finish it off there, it's a sliding scale with the cap recapture with that $24.3 million to Nashville. It gets split up by however many seasons are remaining. And if he st- waits until the end, they get nothing. So there's some incentive for the Canadians to keep him on LTIR for the remainder of his contract if he cannot play anymore. But there's also, Treg? There's a bigger incentive to trade him to Nashville because if Nashville gets him and he goes on LTIR, they pay absolutely nothing and they get a $7.8 million cap relief every year uh, towards, their, towards their roster. Montreal say seven point eight million a year because they don't have Weber's contract on their books anymore. So it's kind of a win-win for both teams. And Montreal can win even further because they can sit there and say, "All right, you can have Weber back, but now I'm going to pick and choose who I want to come my way because we're doing you guys a huge, huge favor." So it'll be more of Bergevin looking at uh, Poyle and saying, "I want this or this, and if you don't give it to me, you're not getting them." What do you so, think, Matt? What do you think would be uh, in a deal like that? In a, if the Canadians were to trade him to Nashville, what would you try to do? As Trey said, you got to get your maximum value back. Bergevin's got to kind of be cut. Now I say he's just got to be cutthroat with it, but you got to look at trying to get your maximum value out of whatever deal. Like as, as Trey alluded to, um, both teams would would save that cap money. Uh, one on the LTIR and one just losing them off the books. So, um, yeah, you got to be aggressive. You'd have to be aggressive in that situation. You couldn't just be. You couldn't just dangle it for like a seventh round pick and just say, "Hey, we're trying to help you guys out to to be the to be the nice guy." I'm I would gonna, say, oh, sorry, I'm Matt, not going to say like put your foot into Polly's neck or anything and just hold him <laughs> down, but um, they they would have to they would have to get something out of it because they as as, as said they'd be really helping Nashville out. Um, in either situation, either they'd be saving the 7.8, 7.9 million, whatever it is, or they'd be saving the 4.9 if he retires. So, yeah. Personally, or I would the not four, want sorry, to. I'm sorry, I, paying the 4.9 if he retires. I wouldn't want to make the trade to Nashville. I would rather keep him. If I were to make the trade to Nashville, I'd demand like a Dante Fabro. You, I said you'd have, to, you'd have to get somebody. Yeah. You'd have to get somebody I, big. I, if Philip Forsberg had moratorium, I think I'd demand Philip Forsberg for him, but he only got one year left. So you're. But I wouldn't even I wouldn't even trade uh, Weber at this point, even if he stays on LTIR the remainder of his contract. There is more of uh, a benefit to the Canadians to have that cap, uh, that LTIR space, because the Canadians are a cap team. Yeah. So being able to go beyond the cap would be beneficial to the Canadians. Yeah. Whereas, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to move them either. It's just in yeah. that situation, if they did move them, that's 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 what my thoughts would be. But I personally don't think cost, they, Oh, go ahead. But that's why for me it would cost so much for them for them to take him back from me because as a cap team, that cap space you get from the LTIR is more beneficial to me yeah. as the GM of a cap team. Yeah, and I, I, I personally don't think Montreal trades them. I don't think they, uh, regardless. Um, I think Nashville Poyle's going to come running to Bergevin, going, "Hey, 
hey, buddy, <laughs> you know, why don't we do ourselves a favor? And if that's the case, that's going to have to be a pretty sweet goddamn deal of on Bergevin to uh, and we all know Bergevin's pretty savvy with his trades and his asset management. So Favreau, to me, if if they dangle Favreau in his face, then that's something I, if I was Bergevin, I'd sit back and go, OK, now we're we're kind of in the same kitchen here. To, to make a move and if our version i'd ask for favorable plus so listen we and we still don't know what's going on like this is a situation that we haven't really seen across the league very often um the last time that we saw this was with lalongo right yeah. with with Luongo him with, with florida and, having to uh, eat Pronger. money and vancouver and vancouver having to eat money well Pronger and it, they didn't have to eat any money because the contract no. was the contract was traded right? but i'm yeah. talking about uh using long-term injury for, yeah, yeah, for a big for star capital, for a long for, period. Yeah. For, for, yeah. And but you have there, to remember, but there wasn't uh, any, there wasn't any cap. There wasn't any, um, no capture uh, penalties yeah. for those teams. No. Yeah. And you have to remember too, with LTIR, it has to be approved by the NHL and NHLPA. It's not like the, the team can just go, all oh, this guy's hurt. We're putting him on LTIR. They got to go. This guy's hurt. This is what the issue is. This is how long he's going to be out. And then the NHL is going to investigate that, yeah. use their own doctors to determine yeah. whether or not that this is a legit. And you know, they're going to scrutinize it that much more based on the fact that it's going to hurt another team. Correct. So, right. I mean, like if you go back to the Jeffrey Lupul scenario with uh, Toronto, yeah. I kind of have, I, I'm not sure if Lupul was as hurt as, I mean, well, he could ski and snowboard. So yeah. I don't know. Why he's he posting Instagram stories of him snowboarding yeah. on a hip injury that he's being yeah. yeah, he's on so, Robida Island, right? He but, also he also came out and he talked about the organization yeah. being corrupt and fucking whatever no. else, right? But um, however, Lupul didn't have a recapture penalty, so no. it's just basically this now is it's not it just affected Toronto. It helped Toronto. Yeah, the recapture penalty has only been used twice. This and this will be the last time it'll be used because there's no, there's, there's three or four players total in the league that have one. Okay, I thought this was the last one. Crosby's the only, the only another one, player that has a cap recapture. The only one I can think of is Longo and Mike Richards. Those are the only two I can think of off, off the top of my head. Those are the only two yeah. I can think of because they terminated Richards' contract and now they're getting hit for like 16, 17 years or something like that. But the recapture period, the recapture is only like five years. And well, didn't Kovalchuk have one? Who? Kovalchuk when he retired. Yeah. He so on, uh, anybody who signed a long term deal like that was 10 or more years under the old CBA yeah. has a cap recapture. So Crosby's going to have a cap recapture. No, no, no. Penalty. I mean ones that are actual active. That's what I yeah. mean. Crosby's active. No, no, no. I mean that. I meant the players retired. Players retired. Yeah. And now the cap yeah. is actually being used. Oh, right. Well, I, don't, I, I don't think we're going to see Crosby be bought out anytime soon or jump no. into retirement or anything no. like that. So. But yeah, so back to the investigations. I mean, they've been pretty lax with uh, allowing long-term injury reserve for a lot of different teams. We've seen it recently. Uh, But this year, like you said, because there's money involved that's going to affect other teams, they are going to have teams of doctors and lawyers look into this. So... um, I, I see this as a marketing tool for the Canadians now. I mean, you look at Tampa Bay, they had the uh, T-shirts made up of 18.5 cap space. Well, I think it's time the Canadians make some T-shirts. Well, I mean, I'm assuming we're going to segue into our next little uh, cap space portion of our show. 
Um, sure, let's do that. So Weber might not be the only player going on LTIR. Uh, Jonathan Druin could be another who player is. who still is, could be another player staying on LTIR, which frees up another five and a half million dollars for the for the Canadians. Now, Druin could be left unprotected, could be picked up by Seattle. There's another either way. The five and a half million will come off the books if he's traded, or you get the five and a half million release relief. Because you got to remember, when someone's on LTIR, their salary cap is not taken off the cap. It's still there. You just get above and beyond your cap total of whatever that person's salary was for the for the season. So, uh, I was confused with this, and someone who knows the cap better than I do said. Weber's 7.8 million will not come off the cap. You're just going to get 7.8 million over the cap in relief because yes. you can't use that player. Which so, is why earlier I mentioned that's more yeah. of a benefit to the Canadians. Correct. Yeah. As a cap so, team. I got a question. Probably a stupid one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Drew is still on the LTIR. Right? Yes. So when it comes to expansion, does he get pulled off the L- LTIR? Is he still on the LTIR? Is No. Because what happens, how would you is how would you pick a player that's on the LTIR? Because they can't. They can't it, unless Montreal can prove that Druin's going to miss sixty games in the next season. Right now, then if they can prove he's going to miss sixty games, then they then he's then he's exempt. Yeah, he's ineligible. Yeah, he's ineligible. However, if they can't prove it, then whether he's on LTIR or whatever. Right. He can still be picked right. up by the and uh, even if he Seattle. even if they could prove that he can miss sixty games, Seattle could still pick him because it's their prerogative. Okay. They gotcha. are entitled to pick the guy if they feel he can come back eventually. Gotcha. Um, so we'll we'll stick with the cap space. We'll get on to um, lists here in a little bit. So, Drouet, uh Weber. You look at the cap space that they're going to have anyway. The Canadians are looking at about $24 million in cap space next season. For a team that made the Stanley Cup final, that's significant. So I had this in my article as well. You did. Uh, So with Weber uh, being out on the LTIR and losing a player to expansion draft, you have between 27.9 million, as high as 27.9 million, and as low as 24.8 million. Now, I did this assuming that Druin was the high point of the guy being selected, and Kulak was the low point of the guy being, because Kulak had the lowest uh, cap hit for guys that I believe will be left unprotected. Um, this also changes if Druin doesn't get protected and gets put on LTIR. So if they say take, I'm going to say Allen, because that seems to be the, the popular name of the, uh, what everyone thinks they may take. So Allen's what, 2.5, 2. 2.8 uh, next year. So you're still looking at 7.8 million plus 5.5 million plus 2.8 million. Um, so you're adding all that together and you're looking at seven, eight, nine, another 16 million on top of, the 14 million they have. So you're almost $30 million in cap space uh, going into next season. And that's a significant amount of caps. Well, again, it's not cap space, but 30 million available money, spendable money, spendable money going into next season. 
this is a big plus, I think, for Montreal. This is a huge, huge plus for Montreal because they pretty much have the money to go out and sign whoever the hell they want and fill the holes that they need to fill on both the left side wing and defense, although they have two spots on defense now to fill instead of one. But Well, they got to be uh, careful, too. They can't just go out and spend money like Treg Wilson in a foreign port. Ah, drunken True. sailor joke. No, <laughs> but uh, they got to be careful. They got to pick and choose what they're going to spend on because they have guys they need to, to retain. They have specific holes that need to be filled. So uh, they, they do need to be careful on that. But I, I want to move from that to the protection list. So today we're recording. It's uh, Saturday the 17th. The protection lists are going to be put in later today and they'll be released uh, publicly tomorrow, Sunday, we're going to have our our full expansion draft show uh, recorded on Monday afterwards. But for t- for now, I'm going to look at predictions. So, Matt, which system do you think the Canadians are going to pick? A seven three one or an eight one? Seven three one. Because of Weber. Yeah. Yeah. So with Weber out, there's no reason to s- stick to that eight one. Treg? Before Weber, I would have said 8-1, hands down. But uh, I actually wrote an article about that that's total shit now. But uh, (laughs) um, 7-3-1 is what they're going to go. I think they're going to go. It's it's the logical sense of what they're going to go with. It makes no sense to go 8-1 with Weber being left unprotected. So they're not protecting Kulak. No. Um, I agree. Now, Matt, um, clearly Price is the goalie everyone's protecting because he has the no move clause uh on defense petrie has the no move clause but who are the other two defensemen you're going to protect uh she's got to be strong Evanston, in my opinion like they obviously there's the uh there's the chance that uh you lose somebody like flurry you lose somebody like kulak etc but or you possibly lose weber um but yeah I, I i don't think i don't think you could lose either of those guys right now for nothing in my opinion I don't think either you or I would switch from that, eh, Trey? Yeah. Those no. three? Yeah. No. Um, I personally believe Sherrod's getting picked. Um, I know a lot of people think Allen because of 731. He's the most – but with Ben Bishop now waving his no-move clause to go, um, I just don't see – when you can get a player defenseman like Sherrod, I don't see Seattle picking a backup goalie off Montreal when they can just grab a backup goalie from anywhere. So at, now, before, at a cheaper price. Yeah. And, and before we get back to the Weber stuff, I want to stick on this for, for a moment. Do you both feel, and I'm going to start with Matt, do you guys feel that it's better for the Canadians to just say, screw you, Seattle, pick whoever the frig you want, or do you go out and you throw good money with the bad and try and, pay them more assets for them to not pick the guy. Matt, what do you think? Do depends on who they're, it really depends on who they're targeting. Well, the, the, do you look at the social media posts? Everybody thinks it's Jake Allen, yep. which I don't know with the Goldie market as it is with everyone who's exposed. I'm not too sure. Jake Allen is their main focus. Yeah. But let's pretend uh, it is. Well, Jake Allen did phenomenal things for the Canadians. Um, he provided solid backup goaltending to Carey Price. 
and really help the Canadians down the stretch to even make the playoffs. Uh, however, they gave up a third, I think a third and a seventh to get them. Um, you got to start looking at obviously the market to see who else is out there, who else could possibly be brought in and know when enough is enough as to how much you want to put in asset wise to keep him around for, uh, for a couple more years. Well, do you think the market is so weak that it's worth the rumored first and third to Seattle for them to not pick Allen? No. No, I would say I would say there's there's options out there that they could uh, that they could uh, they could jump at, or there could be a deal made with another team to bring somebody else in to help uh, to help carry Bryce out for the for the season. I love I love Jake Allen, I really yeah. do. I think I I would love to keep him, but um, if you're giving up futures plus plus, you've got to you've got to you've got to kind of draw a line a line in the sand. I think a first, and I think that's way too much for Jake Allen. I mean, if you look at the UFA list, depending on how much you want to spend, you got Jonathan Bernier, David Riddick, uh, James Reimer, Anti Rantna. You have guys that can fill Jake Allen. Yaroslav Halak. Yaroslav Halak. Uh, <laughs> you could take a chance on Corey Snyder or Mike Smith if you want. Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott's a solid backup. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of Charlie Lindgren's available. Like, uh, he just happens to be a net when they lose games. It's not his fault. Don't just ignore the numbers. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just saying there's a lot of UFA goalies. I mean, Marzak only made 3.1 million last year. Bernie only made 3 million uh, that you can still get for probably the same amount of money, maybe a little more than what you had Allen for or what you have Allen for this year. But that's my, that's my point. Like is, is the market so depressed that it's worth giving up a first and a Absolutely. third just Absolutely to keep not. your backup goalie? Absolutely not. I mean, if they said, here's a second, because we got a t- shit ton of seconds in this draft, they said, give us a second, you can keep Allen. Maybe, maybe I think about it. Or maybe, you know, it would almost be worth a first if they were take a, uh, a different contract. You know, Paul here, Byron. we're going to give you a first if you take Paul Byron. Yeah. To save some cap because you're you're saving that cap and you're protecting your guy. And their first pick's the 30th pick overall. Yeah. So it's going to so be a I crap could, shoot. Anyway. That could almost be believable, but give me a first and a third so I don't pick your goalie, but I'm going to pick this other guy. No. no, no. You're just throwing away good money with the bad. And Agreed. Bergevin in the last expansion draft did not make a side deal. He basically, what he said was, well, Bodie is probably going to get picked. I'm trading him to Buffalo for a third and pick whoever the hell you want from there. And they took Emelin. Everyone, there was a ton of people that were really, really angry thinking that, that Udon was going to be lost. And, you know, we don't want to lose Udon. And then they pick Emelin, who they didn't even keep. They, they flipped him to Nashville for a third round pick. So, yeah. And, this also points to the fact that the team is a much better team now versus then. Cause when Udon was the guy you're worried about losing and you look at the team we got now, he's done a pretty decent job in improving the team. And it all depends on who those seven forwards they're going to protect. Yeah. And that's the thing. If, if for some reason, Lekkonen's not, not protected, 
I can see Seattle jumping on that. And I have no issue with that. Lekkonen can be replaced. And I can see Drouin being not protect. I would protect Drouin myself, but I can see why he wouldn't be and why he would be picked. I mean, there's very different reasons why Drouin won't be picked. It could be picked because Seattle may not touch him with a 10-foot pole with everything that's going on. And Montreal could be like, you know, we got this guy. Or he could be left unprotected because Montreal was like, you know, Jonathan, maybe the best thing for you is to go somewhere else. Maybe Jonathan, Drouin's like, I think the best thing for me is to go somewhere else. We won't protect you. Maybe Seattle will pick you up. You know, you can – because there's a lot of potential. And I don't think that would be a bad pickup by Seattle. There's so much potential in in Drouin. And he's only 26 years old. Matt, what do you think the response would be in Montreal if Drouin goes to Seattle – and puts up a 60-point season. The only thing we would hear about is Sergachev. We're already hearing about it now, and the fact that he's got two cups, and uh, Drew hasn't, I'm going to say, hasn't really lived up to expectations um, since since coming over and, you know, being the big Quebec star and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think that that's what you would you would hear throughout the media and throughout the fan base. They, you would hear about Sergachev, and you would hear about Montreal giving up on another Quebec-born player because and, I, so so for me if they do lose him they've got to immediately jump into the forward market and and replace that because Tatar is not likely coming back there's a chance that Deneau not might come back etc so you're losing multiple forwards that got you to the playoffs not necessarily got you through the playoffs and there's some big names out there that um you know, Bergevin would have to be very. Uh, they, he would have to be very aggressive throughout uh, free agency to uh, to continue to keep the Canadians in in a in, in let's a, say in contention. And a francophone having a francophone on the roster, so like maybe maybe an offer sheet to Bovidier in uh, in, New, in New York. Yeah, always the offer sheet. <laughs> well, there's going to be an offer sheet to or so Vishnetka or, or whatever his name is out of Carolina. Carolina is ripe for an offer sheet as well. But if you want to keep a francophone, I mean, Bovedi from the Islanders is right there. The Islanders are going to be uh, having some trouble. And what better way to piss off Uncle Lou than to offer sheet him? Take my GM of the year award, will you? <laughs> Bing! <laughs> um. That way, I mean, actually, the, the French thing is going to be a big thing coming up, too, because if they lose both Deneau and Drouin, there is no French-speaking players on the Montreal Canadiens main roster. ton and of we, them in Laval, but none on the main roster. And we remember the, uh, the the gong show in the media when they went one game without a francophone dressed for the team. First time in the 111-year franchise history that they never yeah. had a francophone on the team. But I'm... Anyway, I'm not going to get into the language debate on this show, but all good. Paul, Byron, Paul Byron still speaks French. We're good to go. But, but he's not language. But he's not Quebec. It's all good. It's all good. But that language debate thing is going to be a factor, in my opinion, in the protection list. I, I, I totally is, agree. That's partially totally why. That's partially why I don't think Drouin is going to be exposed. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, the only way Drouin's exposed is if they know Deneau's coming back. But they don't yeah. know that. Yeah. Well, we don't know that. Well, we today. What if, because Seattle has that window where they could negotiate with any free agent, which would include Deno. If Deno is not on the protection list, they can talk to him, and I mean, he'd be a perfect addition to a new franchise. 
and they could they could offer him more than five million a year, which is well beyond what I think the Canadians are offering him right now. As well beyond what anyone should offer him. Like maybe I'm the wrong guy. Maybe this is a what's the word I'm looking for? Bad take. But uh, anything over five million for Deneau, I think, is a waste for a guy who only scores twelve goals a year. So some of the numbers that are coming out right now during these free agent talks are just absurd. Yeah. yeah. You you have a flat cap. You have a guy who, don't get me wrong, great defensive center, great defensive center. But he if he's looking for close to Bergevin money, but not producing at Bergevin or Bird not Bergevin, Bergeron levels, right? Like the guys never score more than fifty four points in a season. And he's never scored more than 14 goals. To me, that's not a that's not a six million dollar player. That's a, a five or less. Oh, and Nugent Hopkins took five point one four. Yeah. Exactly. And he scores much more than uh than he's a twenty goal scorer almost annually. Um so if Deneau's gonna go out and ask for any more than five million, if I'm Montreal, I walk away. Say, all right, we you got Jake Evans coming up, you got Ryan Paling. I think Blaine, you hit the nail on the head about the playoffs. Jake Evans is being trained or was being trained or put in a position to see if he can replace Deneau. And I don't think he's far off, to be honest with you. Yeah, because the Canadians I mean, Evans can fill in some of that defensive role. Suzuki can Suzuki. definitely do it. Kotkiniemi uh, is going to get an expanded role. You have Paling coming up. Vademo is good defensively. He can fill in in a fourth line role. It's not like the Canadians don't have options. I mean, clearly experience is a, is a factor. And Deno being a over 50% face-off man and a proven shutdown man and Selkie vote getter. Yeah, that's worth something. He's a local. Uh, it's worth something. But it's not worth money beyond what his role actually is. He's a third line center with a shutdown role. So you pay him that give him more term. I have no problem. I mean, he's only 27. So you want to give him a five, six year term, go for it. But anything past four, in my opinion, and you're hurting yourself in the flat cap. No, I totally agree. And uh, I don't know where Dino is, where he thinks he should get. Uh, but I know I'm pretty sure and if Bergevin turns back to 2017 Bergevin, the five million is the final straw. And if you take it one any more than that, you're going somewhere else. Well, he already turned down the five by six. Yeah. You know, so... you want loyalty by dog. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, and if if by some chance Deno is not protected, and if by some chance he signs with Seattle, that is Seattle's pick from the Canadians roster. Correct. Yeah. So Allen's safe. Now uh, I think we'll move from that back to the Weber stuff. And um, we'll talk a little bit about replacing him. I mean, we've got a guy who plays heavy minutes in all situations. You can't replace his leadership. You can't replace the culture that he has created in that room. But you have to look at the on ice and the Canadians needs. So they need somebody who can fill those, those minutes. And I'm going to start with you, Matt, and ask you, an option on who you think would be a good fit in filling in Weber's current role as the second pairing right-handed defenseman who can play in all situations. If they lose Weber and Weber goes to the retirement and they obviously lose that money, Bergevin, in my opinion, you'd be as aggressive as you can to look at Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. Dougie Hamilton. There's your, there's your guy. There's your guy that eats minutes. 
Um, he's good for he, – he's, he's not a – He's not a guy that's had to play, you know, 25 plus. He's more of like a 21 to 20, you know, 21, 22 guy, but in an expanded role with, uh, you know, he would help your power play. You put up points. He could play top four minutes. Uh, he's a big body, et cetera. Um, as long as he can stay healthy, I, I, I think that would be your target. The only thing is you're, you're going to end up paying a UFA premium. And that could yeah. be a little bit scary. Yeah. So uh, Carolina gave him permission to talk to other teams early, like already. Yeah. It's been about a month since they've been, since yeah. they've been eliminated. And since then he's been able to talk to other teams. Yeah. What do you think is the premium that would have to be paid to get him into Montreal? They'd be looking at probably just let me look just one second. I need a comparable. Just give yeah, me two maybe. seconds. It's just just so off the top of my head, I can get, I can get kind of the uh, the same amount. Um, I personally believe he'd be looking at Petroangelo flute type money. So above eight, he's making five point seven on his last contract with five point seven. Right. So so Petroangelo is making eight point eight. Um, obviously Petrangelo's got a cup. He was captain of his team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The year that he got his big deal, he put up 52 points this year. He did 23 and 41, then put up 12 and 19 in the playoffs. Um, I don't think he's at that number yet, but I think, I think it would be North of seven and a half. Um, probably between somewhere between seven and a half and eight and a half more than likely, especially since he's still a young guy. Like Petrangelo is 31 now and, uh, and Hamilton will be, he's 28. He'll be 29. Yeah, he's 28. Yeah. yeah. He, he just turned 28 just last turned 28. month. Yeah. 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 But, uh, Hamilton had 42 points in 55 games last year. He's, yeah. he's a guaranteed 40 to 60 point defenseman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he he's, shoots a hell of a lot. Yeah, he is. Yep. He's similar to Peter Angelo in his style. Yeah. Um, but coming to but Peter Angelo when he signed in in Vegas, keep in mind Vegas doesn't have that uh, that state tax, so That's they're right. already ahead of the game. That's right. He's got more take home. So yep. for the Canadians to kind of give a similar contract for Dougie Hamilton, I would say they'd be close to nine million dollars. I wouldn't do it. And and I'm not talking like four years. I'm talking know, seven be, years. Yeah, it'd be it'd be. He's getting a max too. deal. Now, Dougie Hamilton, according to Hockey Reference, is an 82 game average of 46 points and 14 goals. Um, so he's personally, I wouldn't give him any more than eight, eight and a half. Um, he's basically scoring at the same rate as Shea Weber is now. Um. But he's a However, Toronto kid, so he's obviously going to want to go to Toronto first. <laughs> Everyone's going to Toronto. Everyone's but, uh, going there. Landeskog, Hamilton, they are Mar- all going Mar- there. Apparently, Marco Fleury is going there now. That's the yes. new one. Yeah. And, and the other thing you, you, have to, you have to talk about, too, with Dougie Hamilton is his off-ice. He's not a team-type guy. He doesn't like to uh, – uh, he's a very – he's very introvert, very lonerish, very uh, – He's very low-key. He's very yeah. – uh, yeah, he he keeps to himself, but he's a low maintenance type of guy too. He's not the, he doesn't cause problems. 
Correct. I'm not saying he does, but I'm yeah. saying I don't know if he'd want to be in a market like Montreal is what I'm trying to say. That's a thing. That right? is definitely so, a thing. It, he may be available and Montreal might say, here's eight and a half million dollars. He might say, I'd rather play in Anaheim than play in Montreal or uh, wherever. Right. So that that's kind of what I look at with Dougie Hamilton. The, 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 the negative, I guess, there is that he may not want a big market like uh, like Montreal. Just how many other those... teams have the cap and the need and the ability to win? There, there's not, and and that and I I get everything you're saying. I'm not. I'm just being devil's yeah. advocate here and throwing out what might keep him away from Montreal is the tax. Oh. Yep, tax and, and the the, fact, uh, the media bowl, the media fish and bowl. the media bowl that Dougie Hamlin does not enjoy. Right. I think that's why he didn't stay in Boston. So take that for what it's worth. The only thing I'm going to say right now is one player they got to stay away from is Tyson Berry. I was going to oh. ask you, how much do you love Tyson Berry? Oh, no. right. Tyson Berry's numbers are, if you take McDavid out of the equation, yeah. his numbers are trash. Yeah. You, you take Tyson, Tyson Berry off the, uh, off the power play and no. He didn't even get a Norse vote. Because he's not. He, he literally lived he, off he, McDavid he, and Drysdale. He led the league. He led the league in scoring for defensemen, and didn't get a Norris vote because he can't play defense. He can't play defense. Yeah, and 90 percent of his point came from the power play slash McDavid Drysdale. That's right. Yeah. So it's basically here, guys. Scores. Right. I mean, I could have probably got twenty points that's, playing with. That's Dave, my McDavid style of hockey. Hey, look, that guy's really good passing the puck. Blaine could have been the you know. <laughs> Yari Curry of Edmonton playing with Drysaddle and McDavid. And I would fill water bottles. See? <laughs> Give me a call, Ken Holland. I, but but uh, like I I know that I know that we brought this up before and I know you wrote an article about it, Blaine, about bringing in Martinez. But that's left side help. That's left that, that that's left side help, and that's obviously before we knew about the Weber situation. Yeah. But even with the Weber situation, you could almost fill both. Martinez isn't going to come at the price that Dougie Hamilton is. No. Martinez also plays both sides. Yeah. So, so if you're going to be aggressive, you got to find something that kind of fits what you need and can can be a little bit more versatile. Yeah. Now, Martinez is a name. Another name that I've uh that I've seen bandied about being in the trade circulation is Nate Schmidt. Vancouver's looking to move Nate Schmidt out. And I think He's left-handed, but he plays solely on the right side. I think he would be an excellent fit on a second pair in Montreal. He's a good puck mover. He's not big. He's not physical. But here's a guy who feasts on the transition game, and the Canadians are built for it. That is the Canadians' bread and butter. And you just brought a good point up, Blaine, is we're not looking for a first-line, a first-pairing defenseman to replace Weber because Petrie is going to do that. That's looking right. for a second pairing defenseman to replace Weber. So you really don't have to go out and grab a guy like Dougie Hamilton or trade for a guy like Seth Jones. You could actually drop the bar a bit and go after a guy like Schmidt, Denny Savard, for instance, um, uh, out of Columbus. Um, I have a feeling he's going to be a Montreal Canadian. Savard? Yeah. I, he, he, I think he's a good second pair defenseman. And I think, uh, you know, playing a Montreal system would benefit him. Um, but I think that's who Dougie Hamilton would be nice. He'd be great. But you don't need to go after that top line, top pairing 
defenseman. You need just. But a I think Matt makes a good point, though. If you, you got that Matt, uh, that money, try be aggressive. Oh, and for if, sure, if yeah. you can have Petrie and Hamilton, well, the Canadians' defense looks that much better. Yeah. When it comes to for defense, sure. however, yeah. they start losing guys like Deneau, Tatar's not coming back, Drouin's not coming back, etc. You're starting to throw eggs in the basket of picking up forwards. Doesn't matter. And, and that's Ovechkin. when and that's when you need to be aggressive to come more towards the forward mark of the defense. Ovechkin and Landeskog are coming to Montreal. It's to guarantee. I said it here I, first. They're getting both. I've been a Landeskog fan since he, since he jumped in the league. So I'm playing junior, yeah. and I was I've been a fan of his forever. I would welcome him with open arms. Is it going to happen? More than likely not. But, but this is where it. this is where I think the trade market works better for the Canadians on on defense and. Like you, like I brought up, second pairing guys, what they need. Another and another name Nate that Schmidt I really is that guy. It gives you more money to put up front. Another name that I heard a little bit, a little bit of ramblings because plays on a shitty team, and there's been ramblings for many years that he's wanted out is Ristolainen, and he's only got a year left on his deal. And he, he demanded and, and, a trade and, now two years in a row. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I think he's a good young defenseman. Too. I think he makes 5.4 or something like yeah. that for one more year. And um, he's going to be a guy that he wanted, he wouldn't have to be the number one guy. He could be a second pair and um, he could put up some points here and there, depending on who you got playing with him on the left-hand side, help him out a little bit defensively because defensively he's not the greatest defenseman to be honest, but he'll hit you through the boards and he'll put up points. But if you're keeping Ben right. Sherratt, if Ben Sherratt's being true. protected, there, there's your pairing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There's you your second Evanson, pairing. Evanson Petrie is your top pairing. Sherratt, or unless they get another, that puck moving left-handed yeah. defenseman for the top pair, yeah. like Martinez. If Martinez is in there, he's definitely your top pair yeah. defenseman. Yeah. Um, but Montreal has the money, like you said, Matt, where they can, and I, I agree with you, Matt. I think if you can get that one defenseman, I'd stick with that and then concentrate the rest of the money on the forward group. Yeah. But Blaine, again, you make a good point. Trade for your defenseman. Yeah. Spend your UFA, spend your money on UFA forwards. Yeah. Another, um, another thing that I think is going to be very important for them is to um, ensure that Romanov is going to be in your, in your lineup and put him with somebody that you can, I'm not going to say you can shelter him, but put someone that he can learn from or put someone that, he can play his game and the other guy can play his and not really, you know what I mean? Like don't have the revolving door of, of defensive partners and then just try to blame Romanov for a mistake that's been happening. And that, that's what I was, uh, when I said, I, I feel like Savard is going to be Savard, a much Savard could definitely that is be who, one. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. why I say it because yeah. I think that he's going to be on a pairing with Romanov. That could very well happen. And then you have Kulak as your seventh guy or trade it off. Because yeah. again, if you trade for that second pairing guy, I mean, like I mentioned Schmidt, Schmidt's under 6 million. That gives you enough money to pick up a more expensive defenseman to help mentor Romanov. And it provides money on the wings and wingers are less expensive to acquire in free agency than centers yeah. and defensemen. Yeah. It's a, and, and, and Safard and, uh, Savard play. I'm not gonna say he plays a similar style, but he's a he's a physical shutdown guy, and it would allow Romanov, depending on the matchup that he has, to 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 play to to do kind of a match of that pairing, 
or open up and play his game and be a little bit more of a two-way guy as opposed to just being the shutdown role. And it's not a third pairing anymore. It's not that traditional third pairing anymore. It's more of the Tampa Bay style third pairing where they can play up higher against better opposition. They can eat more minutes in some nights and, you know, depending on roles. So it's, it's a more, a more equitable breakdown of minutes, which saves the body a little bit through a longer season. So that, that is why I think they're going to go that way. And you get your Quebec-born player, French-speaking player. Bingo. And someone that used to play for multiple offense. <laughs> and by the way, I said Danny Savard, and I meant David Savard. That's all good. We can bring him back too. So. <laughs> we know who you meant. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. I think we've pretty much exhausted all the talk on Shea Weber uh, to those teams that are complaining about the team – the captain of the Montreal Canadiens, who is one of the most respected players in the NHL, thinking that that person would fake injuries to help a team circumvent the cap. Yeah. To them, I say, yeah. those are the same people that had George Peros out there helping the Canadians too. Yeah, exactly. Well, George and I'm Peros gonna... is just helping. And they're the, I don't know. I mean, I see a lot of people saying, yeah, put him on uh, LTIR, then bring him back for the playoffs. I'm almost positive if Weber's going on LTIR, it's going to be for the entire playoffs season, everything. Yeah. Ankle, knee, I think both thumbs are screwed. I think he has issues on both hands. Um, I mean, this guy elevated his game in the playoffs, and he had more injuries going into the playoffs than he did in the regular season. So – He's going to be a great loss. Like we talked about his contract a lot, but you don't, it's going to be hard to replace that person and that, that warrior. Um, You think of, you think of the, 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 um, the captains that they talk about throughout the league. I'm talking about guys that actually wear the C. Um, Obviously you can say really great things about Gallagher, Corey Perry, Price, et cetera. You, You talk about guys within the league that actually wear the C. And he's one of those top three guys that you talk about. Another guy, obviously, being a guy like Taves, Crosby, et cetera. Um, it would be a huge loss. It would be a huge loss to the locker room. be a huge loss to the organization. Um, obviously, there would be a hell of a lot of negativity that would come that way, saying that they gave up um, a fan favorite in Subban to give him and not play with the rest of his contract while Subban's still playing. Etc. Et is he though? Is Subban well, still you know, playing? Is he really? There, there's got to be those people, right? Um, if he's so good, we would have mentioned Subban as a, a possible trade chip, right? But the way the I, Indians. the way I see it, Brendan the way Kelly. I, the, the, right? The way I see it, the team that we just saw make it to the Cup final, it's going to be a very different team. It, it, it could be. It could very well be a very different team. And there's there's so much speculation out there don't want to speculate too much obviously we're going to know a lot more next week of uh the the uh, the direction that this team's going to go but um i'll just i'll just end my little little spat on weber and, and say like he's been one of my favorite players since he's joined the league uh when i found out that he was joining the canadians i was over the moon i was extremely excited about the identity shift that he could bring to the canadians and he, he's done just that and uh if if this is the end of, uh, of, of him uh, either with the Canadians or with uh, him in general uh, playing in this league. 
I wish him nothing but the best. And uh, he's a guy that, uh, in my opinion, he's a he's a Hall of Famer, and uh, he's going to be he'll be missed if he, if he's if he leaves. I mean, you look at uh, well, Pekka Rainey just just retired, yeah. and in his Players Tribune article that he wrote, he dedicated a full third of his uh, of his pair of his uh, his entire article to Shea Weber and what he meant to him as a player, him as a person, Nashville as a city and as a team, what he did to transform that team into a, into a true hockey market and a professional franchise. Like we're talking about a guy who trans who, who basically created an entire team just off of his, his leadership and personality. That's the, those intangibles that, you just can't put a an advanced stat to. It's those things that really made the difference, and that that also kind of points at, at you know, no uh, Rene probably knew knows what's going on, and basically gave, it was just throwing bouquets of flowers at a friend, knowing that what he's going to be going through. So it, that's the kind of player that. Weber is that's the stuff that you're going to miss you know new guys showing up in town his him and his wife are picking guys up at at airports bringing them to his house putting them up for a couple of days while they get set up feed you know having team barbecues and meetings and it it, these little things make a difference and that's what builds a culture but Blaine if he was a good leader he wouldn't have played injured the leadership in Montreal this season was trash according to Montreal social media, Twitter during the season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and as people who have day jobs where you don't really have replacements coming up, you have to work hurt. If you're injured and you're deployed, you, you battle through, you do what you have to do. And that's what these guys, that's their mentality. Yeah. Especially Weber's. Yes. So I, I had, immense respect for the man before and then watching what he did through the playoffs and then finding out what he was playing through just I didn't think it was possible but I respect him more so yeah I agree Matt it's a massive massive loss it's not about cap hits and rolls anymore on the ice no it's more than that yeah so I think we'll end here um any final thoughts, Trey? No. Awesome. <laughs> For me, it kind of cuts down the whole Ryan Suter coming to Montreal to play with Shea Weber uh, yep. rumor that I that I tried to start, but uh, I would still welcome him. Him and David Savard. There you go. Ryan Suter coming go. to Montreal to play in tribute. Of there Shea you go. Weber. There you go. And <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Suter and Savard. You're a French speaker. You've got a veteran. There you go. You heard it here first. All right. So uh, we'll end the show there. Uh, I want to remind everyone that they can find Habs Unfiltered on all social media platforms, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We have a TikTok account and OnlyFans. I knew the OnlyFans. I didn't know we had a TikTok. Yeah, I started a TikTok account. Interesting. I figured the kids are doing it now. I want to see what all these (laughs) NHL uh influencers are like and i went on i went on tiktok to check out this latest one and i'm i'm this close to deleting tiktok 
I have no desire. We did the same thing with OnlyFans, so we were like, everybody's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I figure the Tiger team's on TikTok, so I'm staying far away from it. So. Fair enough. Uh, for those who want to save some money uh, and purchase some great items, use a code UNFILTERED20 to save yourself 10% from BuiltBar.com. They have amazing protein bars. They just came out with a, a grasshopper flavor. It's, it's basically mint chocolate. It's something grasshopper. I don't know. I, I saw I've it. Had, I'm like, yeah. I've had actual grasshopper. So that'd be so have I. So have I. Caramel <laughs> covered. Um, that was chocolate. So BuiltBar.com, 10% off your purchase. They ship directly to your house. East Coast Lifestyle. Use Unfiltered 20 at East Coast Lifestyle, and you'll save 20% off your online purchase and keeping with that same code code unfiltered 20 you go to seatgiant.ca and you will save 35 percent off all your purchasing fees from seat giant when buying tickets for concerts sporting events anything that they sell on their website that's unfiltered 20 for all three so use that save some money and you know, help us out a little bit. Also, I'd like to mention that we have donated $325 to the Canadians Children's Foundation. It's official. Uh, We use the money that we earn from this show to donate to them. So um, we're going to start building up our funds again for next year. We're going to put aside $400, $25 for every win. That's 16 wins for you people that don't want to do math figure it out um so we'll be set for next season but uh i want to thank everyone for listening and remember if you are talking about it so are we do you have a problem getting big city slams are you not getting the gains at the gym well don't mortgage your future on rental supplements get burger arms burger arms get you the gains you need burger arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better character so you can get the gains you need get Burger, 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 today. Not a real product, mate. They make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use, if you're healthy, if you want loyalty, buy a dog. Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.